Oh, excuse me. Where's Burnsy? I don't know. Hopefully he comes on soon. Oh. Right here. Hey. What's going on, boys? Just chilling, man. All right, I'm ready. All right, I'm ready. Burns, are you ready? I am ready. All right. All right, boys and girls, welcome to episode nine of uh, Man Talk presented by the Jivu Boys. We're back after a brief hiatus, a little week vacation to reset and recharge. Um, Yeah, we're back. Mike, how you doing? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to stop you for a second. You said boys you said boys and girls? Oh, I mean, we got some girl listeners out here, no? So. <laughs> yeah, actually, I did hear what I think uh, one of our listeners, Karen, she was kind of disappointed that we took a we took a break last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, sorry about that, Karen. Uh, official apologies. Uh, we'll send you some. We'll send you a T-shirt in the mail. No, I don't. <laughs> Um, yeah, we took a break and we didn't really let anyone know. Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we took a break in case you didn't know, um, week off and these, these are probably going to come bi-weekly now or every, every other week. Right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, if our w- listeners are wondering, expected every other week now, getting a little busy with, well, I am with school, I don't but, uh, I guess we'll uh, introduce our other guest, Burnsy. How you doing, man? I'm not doing too bad. How are you? No, oh, you know, you know how it's going. Uh, mm. Hey, boys, we got a big weekend, eh? Uh, Want to talk about that? Mm. Mm, that's it, eh? <laughs> that's all you got? It's just, mm. Mm. Fill us in, Mike. Fill us in. On the big week? Weekend. Oh, this, like this are you, you want me to talk about this upcoming weekend? Um, yeah, that's big, and last weekend too. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, this well this weekend, anyways, on June thirteenth, um, one of the co-founders of the Jeeva Boys, Dylan Arndt, is getting married um, to Lindsay Houston, um, soon to be Lindsay Arndt. So um, they're getting married on Saturday. Um, and then, but they had, I don't know, we had a bachelor party for, um, Dylan on Friday. Um, Burns, do you want to talk about that? Tell, tell the listeners what we did for, uh, Dylan. Yeah. So, uh, since nothing really is open sports wise nowadays, um, we just decided to take him out for a nice day of golfing, um, hit up the local links, Brookfield, um, since there was like seven of us, um, Every we kind of just swapped who played with Dylan every nine holes so that we all could uh, just talk to him and encourage him and yeah, just play uh, play golf with him. So it was a good time. Um, luckily, our last group finished about five minutes before the huge thunderstorm came on. So that was pretty good timing that we uh, we were able to get off just in time. And then afterwards, we all went back to to Dill's house to uh, to talk and eat some za. It, I definitely did not think I'd stay till, you know, half an hour till midnight, but it was, it was just really good talking with the boys again, since, you know, we haven't really done that so, since uh, social distancing has been a thing. So it was just a really good time just to connect with the guys. Um, we, we prayed for Dylan as he's 
um, embarking on this new journey of his life. And it was just a, a really good time to see all the guys again. Agreed. And uh, for any of those wondering, Burnsy did come in first. Um, well done. I have to applaud him. Good golfer. Burnsy, would you shoot par? What did you shoot? Uh, oh, no. I uh, 79 out of a, I think it was like a par 66. I, I turned it on on the back nine. I'm not going to lie. When I knew Jake was, you know, giving me competition, I'm like, you know what? No more Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. And yeah. plus, I didn't have Dylan in my group pressuring me. So it was just me, Mike, and Jordy. And you know what? I felt no pressure at all in that grouping. <laughs> yes. So it was a good time. Burns, was expecting to run away with it. He wasn't expecting any competition. A little startling, I, I thought, Jake's performance, but indeed. Um, what was Jake's what was Jake's performance? eighty eight, something like that. Yeah, I no. think he had, he had a better first nine than I did, which I was very surprised. Yeah, he was he was only one behind you on the first nine. Mm-hmm. And then you uh opened that gap. Um So when I got back, um so I well Burns, I think you shot one under par on the back nine. One over par. Um, Oh, one over par. Okay, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I told. Anyways, I think Taylor. Taylor told me he thinks. I mean, I don't know. Well, he thinks the back nine is easier on that course. 100 oh, percent. The the red nine oh, that yeah. we played, a lot easier. Really? Hmm. No question. Okay. Um, hey, Mike, you want to say your score or no? Should we leave that out? No, we can we can leave that out. Okay, one thirty six for the for the <laughs> listeners. Hey, was that what it was? Okay. Six sixty eight on both hey. nines, and a nice hey, even one thirty six. Yeah, I'm evenly. I'm consistently terrible. <laughs> there you go. The best um, was was one hole. I I shot a a par, which was four in the hole, and both Jordy and Mike shot a thirteen. So. <laughs> Uh, I think that that was a pretty funny time. Yeah, I said, when do we stop counting? <laughs> and then you're like, well, Jordan counted 13, so I'm like, okay, I'll take 13. <laughs> oh, man. a good time. It was. Uh, speaking of sports, uh, the biggest probably announcement of the, the two weeks was uh, NBA's returning to play. Um, they're going to Disneyland, which is – interesting burns you you know you being a nuggets fan you uh read up on this or yeah i uh first off is it is it disneyland or disney world there's a difference disneyland's cali and disney world's orlando i think it's orlando but i could be mistaken oh this is why we have hey this is why we have burns on the podcast yeah (laughs) it's orlando i didn't know there's two disney places yeah California is like just Disneyland, and then the official name of Orlando is like Walt Disney World. Oh, so the okay. more you know. Yeah, I learn something new every day. But yeah, Orlando. Uh, what What are you feeling about this? I'm uh, I'm feeling, you know, I'm just happy to get basketball back. It's not just a, a straight playoff format that the NHL is doing. I know they added um, like three or four kind of bubble teams to have like a play in tournament to see who gets in the playoffs. I hear a rumor is that the only reason that they included this was is to get Zion Williamson to play some more. Yep. Just yep. to uh, potentially get in the playoffs. And even if he doesn't, that's just like two or three more games that he plays to, to increase revenue. So smart. Um, yeah, it is brilliant by the, by the league. Have your, one of your best brightest young stars play. Can't, can't complain with that. SMRT. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the, the thing I found interesting is that because uh, it's in Orlando, like they're going to be able to bring their families, which is like, oh, really? oh. yeah, which is something that like the NHL didn't even consider. Like they're like, no, I'm pretty sure the NHL has no families, whereas uh, NBA, you can bring your families, but you can't ride the rides. That was a rule. Devastating. Absolutely what? devastating. Mike, you sound upset over that. Yeah, I thought that would be uh, part of the plan, you know, whatever. Yeah, so it looks like we got NBA, I think, what, July 31st, I think, is the official date right now. Um, mm. So that's in less than two months. NHL probably around there, too. So, boys, looks like yeah. we're getting our sports back. Hey, Bernsey, is there a golf uh, a golf event this week? Yeah, there's something on Sunday. I'm not I'm not too familiar. Um, instead of like I think there's been two past ones with just four players, but I think this upcoming one on Sundays, it has like four groups of three or something. Um, I'm guessing the same format, just like, you know, for fun, for charity, but it's good to see uh more players playing. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, that was the biggest, I'd say, sports things. You guys see anything else big in sports over the last two weeks? I uh, I was actually just watching uh, some soccer like a, an hour ago, and I thought it was pretty cool. So maybe not a lot of you guys listen and know soccer. Basically, if you think like the NHL or NFL or NBA is like the biggest league in the world, um, you're sadly mistaken. Soccer in Europe is absolutely mad. They're just so passionate about it. And so in soccer, they have the regular league. And then while the league is playing, they have like a a tournament. So like a team can compete for two trophies in the same season. And the thing with soccer is that it's not just one league in each country. They have multiple, multiple leagues playing. And so I was watching the semifinal of the side tournament being played and it was being played by one of the best teams of the German top division against a fourth division team and kind of to put that in perspective in baseball you know you have like the MLB and then triple a double a and then single a so basically it's a it's an MLB team playing against a single a team in a semifinal of a competition so I, I, like it wasn't really close um, but I, I just thought it was cool watching you know or listening how uh, how this really small team made it all the way to the semifinals of a big tournament. So I was just watching that. I found it pretty interesting. Mm. Yeah, soccer is a whole different level over over mm-hmm. in Europe. Um, Mike, you got any news for us? Any news to break? Any inside scoops this week? Um, what I would just like to add to the inside scoop we had last time. So I didn't realize that. I think that's a pretty credible inside scoop that, so the inside scoop was that um, hockey might always start, the season might always start indefinitely in December from now on. Um, and uh, I think that's actually a pretty credible inside scoop because I didn't realize. So when Gary Bettman made the announcement um, about like how the new, um, what the playoff format was going to look like, what the draft lottery was going to look about, look like he made a point um, that they have like a, a few players on the players committee. Like it includes, I only remember one other name. There was Mark Shifley and like Ron Hainsey and like some other guys, but I didn't realize Mark, Mark Shifley is actually on that committee um, for helping to decide like how, at least from the player's perspective, how the NHL is going to like resume or restart. So 
Um, so I just, that made me realize that, huh, that was probably a pretty credible um, little uh, leak we got mm. of information. So yeah, uh, there you go. that's that. Um, yeah, definitely interesting. Uh, go, going back to that last episode again, huge shout out to Aaron Fister. Um, made his mm. debut. Um, if you guys listen to that, I think he did a great job. Mike, like, I, I didn't even know you were going to throw that in until I listened to the, 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 um, what's the word podcast, the episode. I didn't even know that Fisty was going to be on there. I knew it was in the works, but yeah. it was surprising. And Mike just threw that in there and I thought he was a great guest. Um, loved what he had to say and yeah, Aaron Fister, big shout out. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't know actually I was going to throw that in there either, but uh, I thought it worked, and I think we might have them on another time, so we'll see what happens. Definitely. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, I think, all the news I have. I don't know if you boys have anything you want to add. If, if not, we're, uh, we're going for shout-outs, I'd like to make one as well. Oh Shout-out to Ben Drager. Hey. Um, last or a couple podcasts ago, I told everyone, hey, go check out the GV Boys playlist. Um, it's constantly expanding, putting in sick beats. Um, so Ben listened to it and he loved it. So shout out to him. But then also he found my personal worship jams mm. playlist and that is Ben Drager approved as well. So just shout out to Ben for having a great taste in music. <laughs> hey, did you take that idea from me? The word, cause I had like a, the only playlist I really have is like, a worship playlist i think you saw that one yeah time. and yeah I, I definitely was like faith fm not really giving me everything <laughs> i need right now so went on spotify and made my own so and if you guys look up alex's worship jams go nuts go nuts hey don't say, hey hey don't say anything bad about faith fm on here you know we did a we did an ad with them one time and uh we met i met michael in the morning i was, I was listening know. to it yesterday and and apparently now it's called faith radio not even faith fm Oh yeah, interesting. Huh? They're not uh, ninety-four point three anymore, are they? They're, ninety-three uh, seven. Ninety-three yeah. seven. Ninety-three seven. Faith Radio. Yeah. Shout out Faith okay. Radio. <laughs> wow, we're just ripping out the shout outs here, boys. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, another shout out because uh, <laughs> two uh, the earlier episodes we've been talking about. Uh, our trip to Kentucky, right? And uh, kind of filled everyone in on uh, what we did in the morning. We went to the Ark. So uh, people might be wondering, what did you do all evening? We went to a ball game. My cousins live in Cincinnati. They also went to the ball game. We met up there and had a great time. So shout out to my cousins, Greg and Lauren in Cincinnati, for your hospitality. Okay, cool. Um, well, do we want to talk about what – like that was a great time in uh... – in Cincinnati do I know we told everyone like hey we went up Friday night like got a campsite Saturday morning we went and like explored the the arc uh, the arc encounter for uh, four hours or so um, but do we want to talk about what we filled uh, the rest of our time with sure so listen Mike all right so I guess we didn't really know what we were going to do with uh, the rest of our weekend we just knew we wanted to go to the arc so um, on Saturday we went to the Saturday morning, went to the Ark, and then we're like, well, what do we do now? And we're like, well, let's go. I think the only plan we had was let's go explore Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, and then we're like, we didn't know what we wanted to do there, but we know um, we knew that um, we could like possibly check out a baseball game. 
um, we didn't really even know if like the Cincinnati Reds, I think we're even home. We were just like, we just like, I don't know. We've got, a, we, I don't know. We got a parking spot nearby and then just walked up and we're like, Oh yeah, they're playing today in a few hours. And it was actually a pretty special game day, I think, because they were playing. Uh, oh, I don't even, who are they playing? Do you guys Philadelphia remember? Phillies. Okay. They're playing the Phillies. And then, but they were giving away what I really remember <laughs> uh, is they were giving away uh, bobbleheads, uh, and probably the only player I actually would bought a bobblehead of from the Reds, which is Joey Votto, good Canadian kid. Um, yeah, good Canadian guy. So, um, so got a bobblehead of and him. a free concert. Um, a concert and a free concert. Yeah, who was the who was Walk the off the moon? Guy? Yeah, they have that one song. I don't know any of the, I only know their one song that's like, it's like, shut up and dance yeah. with me. Uh-uh. That one? Yeah. Yeah, that's the only song I know But um, by them. But that was pretty cool. Yeah, so we we saw, we went to the baseball game, got the bobblehead. Because like first, only the first few, wait, we were like, we were standing waiting for a while to get Yeah, because only like the first 10 or 15,000 got it. I mean, I yeah. think there's, there's but only much, like 20,000 people there. So, <laughs> yeah. How much money, how much money was it? Uh, like, it was a ticket. Like 24 again? American dollars or something like that. Yeah. So it was like 20 bucks. And we got, we got a free Joey bottle bobblehead. We got a baseball game. And afterwards, we got a concert. Like, I'd call that yeah. a deal. Yeah. Actually, I remember we got one other thing too. We got uh, this is actually probably one of the best parts. We got uh, um, like there was like a coupon or something on our ticket for like a McDonald's oh, burger. Oh man, or something. I forgot about it. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember we went to McDonald's after that? And, like it was maybe like one in the morning or like, something. In the middle or, of like, nowhere, we just drove like, till we found a McDonald's. And it they didn't have yeah. junior chickens. Have, yeah, I remember you waiting forever to get your like, order. I was filled. like, because like, like in Canada they don't have it on the menu, but like you can still order junior chickens, right? So I walk up, I'm like, hey, you know, three junior chickens, whatever, and blah blah blah, and they're like, a, a what? I'm like, junior chicken. They're like, I've never heard of the junior chicken before, and I was, I was just like. <laughs> Yeah, I was shocked because that's all I get at McDonald's. I don't get anything else. So then, yeah. yeah. Had to backpedal. I got chicken nuggets instead, but. Yeah, but don't, I think I remember, where, did you like order fries? And then like you waited forever to get them and they're like, do you want a pie? Like <laughs> yeah, just because like, you had to wait so long? No, they gave, and you're just they like, gave me an apple pie, the free apple pie and a free cookie. <laughs> Yeah, and I remember this is weird. They were they were trying to lock, like while all this is going on, like they're trying to lock up because it's yeah. late at night, and I, we're we're the only guys that are like eating <laughs> inside. There's like there are like some teenagers trying to get inside to McDonald's, and I guess the door was locked like the one way. So like we're the only people inside, yeah. and then like they're like they like asked us if we could open the door for them, so that we opened the door <laughs> for them. And, like the people, like I don't know, the workers got mad and they're like, "Hey, like you gotta clean." Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I remember that happening. Yeah. Um. 
so yeah, so you got free apple pie and um, yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun little meal, I guess at midnight. Yeah. So, um, so, okay. So we're back at it. So we already talked, so we did two, we did two pod episodes on Noah's life. We covered Genesis six, um, Genesis seven. Um, we talked about how Noah had, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of things that, well, he was righteous. God saw him as righteous and Noah walked with God. Um, and so he kind of knew, and because of that, um, he knew that there was this flood coming and he was instructed by God, Hey, build a boat. So that was his work to do. That was his responsibility to say he had to, he had to build this boat. And um, he also, it's interesting to note that like in verse 22 of chapter six, it said, so Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded, which is a theme. Like it seems like keep coming. It keeps being repeated that Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded. Um, so, so we read Genesis chapter six, chapter seven, and we're at the point now where it literally finished with verse 24 and the flood waters covered the earth for 150 days. So we're at this point where the flood uh, waters covering the earth um, and all there is is just um, this boat with Noah on it. Um, and we're going to pick up at uh, Genesis 8. Um, so I was wondering, uh, oh, let's see. So, Bernsey, do you want to read? Uh, we're going to split this up. So there's about 22 verses in chapter 8. Um, so, Bernsey, if you wanted to read until, well, why don't you? Oh. Yeah, can you just read till the end of uh, verse five, and then we'll like have, and then we'll talk about a hey, what uh, what's going on with Noah now in the boat. Sure. All right. Genesis chapter eight, starting in verse one. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and He sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the hundred and fifty days, the water had gone down, and on the seventeenth day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the tenth month, and on the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains became visible. Okay. So what do we got going on there? My dad pointed out to me in verse 11, it says, this time the dove returned to him in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. So the time before, the, the dove didn't bring back anything. And then just a week later, he brings back an, back an olive leaf, like, like my dad pointed out, like how that's a miracle in itself that a that a yeah. tree could grow that fast. Well, uh, the, the water stopped flowing, so um, yeah, it's the the flood water started to recede, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I like the first verse of chapter eight where it says, "But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock with him in the boat." But God remembered. Yeah. I like that. And then, and then, so then the, yeah, the floodwaters, they begin to recede. So God remembered Noah 
He's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get rid of this water. Gotta get rid of this water. So he sends a huge wind uh, for the water to recede um, and the waters uh, in the sky uh, stop flowing. The waters underground stop flowing. Um, so yeah, and after 150 days, exactly five months after from the, okay, okay, the boat came to rest. So the boat's at rest on the mountain. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm Okay, Nick, why don't you read, pick us up here. This is where thing, I don't know, there's some interesting verses here. Uh, verse six, verse six to 12. For sure. That, verse six. After another 40 days, Noah opened the window and he had made in the boat and he released a raven. The bird flew back and forth until the floodwaters on the earth had dried up. He also released a dove to see if the water had receded and it could find dry ground. But the dove could not find, could find no place to land because the water still covered the ground. So he returned to the boat and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back inside. After waiting another seven days, Noah released the dove again. This time the dove returned to him in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. Then Noah knew the floodwaters were almost gone. He waited another seven days and then released the dove again. This time it did not come back. Hmm. It's okay. You got this cool moment here where, and I actually, hey, I, I never, I was reading, I was reading this a few months ago back in February and I actually, because it talks, like I've heard, you know, I always remember the story of like Noah sending out the dove and the dove coming back within like an olive branch in his mouth. Um, but I seem to have just like forgot or like not really realized that before he sent out a dove, he sent out a raven. Um, and so this, I don't know, so that first just stood out to me that like, he sent out the raven and I'm like, well, why would he send out this raven? Like it really doesn't seem like there's much purpose in sending out that raven. It's something I still, something I still kind of think about, but, uh, but yeah, I've read, I did mm -hmm. some research. I've done some research on this before. And uh, some people say that it's like the raven is um, like a, a failed attempt at dry, finding dry ground. Um like the raven, the raven didn't, uh, the raven's a more like hardy bird. Um, it can survive on like a rougher situation. So um, it doesn't, um, so it's able to find like, maybe there's like animal carcasses or something or like uh, floating around in the water. And like he, and the raven's able to like pick apart at those things. Um, but the dove is, dove is not um, maybe able to do that. So anyways, the raven just kind of, flies back and forth um but yeah there was uh in um but then i was i had read this so that was one explanation i heard that okay the raven's just like it's just a hardier bird it just didn't come back to know it was a failed attempt at finding dry ground and then um but i also like the raven the raven appears at like in other parts of the bible and so it so there's this one part um, so I heard someone give like a really good devotion on first uh, Kings chapter first Kings chapter 17 uh, where there's Elijah um, he Elijah's this prophet um, where there's like King Ahab I believe King Ahab is I believe the king at the time and he's like and Elijah is the prophet at the time and he and he runs away um, and uh, 
but while he's hiding in the in the wilderness um, and there's a drought going on um, this bird this raven um, comes uh, flies back and forth delivering food provision uh, for Elijah in the wilderness um, and it was just at that part I don't know there's just something there that's uh, I thought was very similar to the verses here because this raven the raven here it says and released the raven the bird flew back and forth until the floodwaters on the earth had dried up okay and then the raven in in first king 17 the raven there um flew back and forth providing for elijah until until the brook until the brook this like uh river i guess i don't really know what a brook is but until this river like dried up that elijah was drinking from this um this raven flew back and forth so i just thought it was interesting that um that there is oh there was a weird so i just kind of wondered huh, huh, there's these ravens flying back and forth with water drying up and i just thought it was i just thought it was a similar similar words going on there i kind of wondered if, if uh just what was happening here was um with Noah sending out this raven was just because there doesn't really seem much of a purpose here, except that maybe it's a failed attempt at finding dry ground. I just kind of wondered if maybe it was uh, um, foreshadowing God's provision to Elijah in the wilderness. So that's, that's my own, that's just, that's just being a verse. I keep thinking about that. What does that mean? What's the point of the raven? Um, and that's what, that's kind of what I've thought of. So well, uh, uh, you guys have anything well, so you speak of foreshadowing. Um, when uh, when Jesus got baptized, wasn't there? Uh, that was a dove, right? Mm. You think that yeah. had anything to do with it? Like which bird? There? Yeah. So I think yeah, there was. It describes. So in that's a really good point. So in John, it describes when Jesus get ba- gets baptized. It describes the spirit of God descending on him mm-hmm. like a dove. So maybe this dove symbolizes um, the spirit of God. And I actually did hear uh, pastor Bob actually at Grandview did, um, did mention on his Easter Sunday sermon, did talk about the Raven and the dove in this passage in Genesis eight. And he, uh, I don't want to get him. I don't want to, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he said something like, Ah, the dove like is like the spirit of God floating around the water. And then the raven is um, like, it's a symbol of like death and it's, and it's eating away at like uh, carcasses and things floating around. It's a hardy animal that can eat away at things. So it's kind of symbolizes death um, is kind of what pastor Bob said. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good point, Nick. Cause it also too, I think I've maybe I think I maybe mentioned in that because uh, Bernsey said last time he made a point like the water was when the flood covered the earth the water was deep and Bernsey said yeah the water the water it's deep you know and there's this part in Genesis one so I was kind of like well it's deep it's the whole earth is covered with water well like when when the creation of the world started in Genesis one uh, the the Earth was formless and void and darkness covered the deep waters. And then it says, and the spirit of God, the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. This spirit of God, this dove is now being sent out by Noah and it's hovering over the waters. It's hovering over the waters. So 
um, yeah, it's kind of like repeating that first creation story. Um, it's kind of what I see. So, yeah, anything, anything else? Okay. I'll keep, I'll keep reading then. So it says that Noah knew the floodwaters were almost gone. He waited uh, another seven days and then released the dove again. This time it did not come back. Noah was now 601 years old. On the first day of the new year, 10 and a half months after the flood began, the floodwaters had almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. Huh, isn't it kind of cool that, uh, like, he, ha he must have had, like, this window he opened to send out the bird must have been, like, such a small, like, nasty sized window that he couldn't actually really like see out of it very well so then it wasn't until like he lifted back this like covering he has in the boat that they would actually see that the crowd was drying and then two more months went by and at last the earth was dry so it's just like time after time like he wait he sends out a bird after a few weeks um he waits two more months went by and at last the earth was dry like he mm -hmm. seems to be waiting a lot yeah Talk about patience. But then God said to Noah, then, then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife and your sons and their wives, release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, and the small animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. So this, that's the command that um, Adam uh, was told from the beginning. Be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. So Noah, his wife, and his sons and their wives left the boat, and all the large and small animals and birds came out of the boat, pair by pair. Okay. Does, hmm. Anyone got thoughts on that, or does anyone want to read the last five verses or last couple verses? Am I like I? I'm right there with you, Mike. It's just crazy how much he had to wait. Um, like. My first question is like, uh, Noah lifted the back, back the cover of the boat and saw the surface on the ground was dry. And then he had to wait two more months until the earth was, at last the earth was dry. Like, um, why didn't he just go out when, when the first time he saw the surface was, was dry? Like, why do you wait two more months? Mm. That's such, okay. This is, this is my response. Maybe this is this will be my response to that question. I hadn't thought about this, but I think Noah is waiting for God's instruction. So verse fifteen said, "Then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you, and your wife, and your sons, and their wives.'" That's so cool. I hadn't realized that. So the earth was dry, but yet, well, but yet he dry. didn't actually. He could, yeah, probably not fully dry, right? Like maybe there was. Maybe it might just not have been like, um, like he could have looked, like maybe he looked out and looked fine. Like it looked like you could have like lived out there, but maybe, um, hmm. maybe it wasn't habitable yet. And maybe God knew that maybe, um, maybe his patience, maybe Noah's patience was being tested. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point that, you know, from him, he looks out and he's like, Hey, it's dry, you know? Like, what's stopping Noah from saying, hey, that looks good to me. Like, let's get out of this boat, this stinking boat. I've been in here for too long, right? But he doesn't, he doesn't go. He waits 
for the Lord to tell him that it's time to leave. I think that's pretty cool. Bernsey, you got anything? Yeah, just um, just my thought to um, to what your question was. It, I don't know. Sometimes I like I can tell like my brain has like a logical mind, and then like you have Mike says, "Oh, like this is like a divine, you know, divine law that that he didn't know it didn't come out because God didn't tell him to." But like I just first went to like they came, the the ark rested on on mountains, so maybe when he saw. Um, he lifted the cover and saw the ground, maybe just saw like, you know, where he was, was super, like he was on mountains, super raised up. So the mountains were fine. Like it says mm -hmm. um, in verse, in verse five, the tops of the mountains became visible. So it slowly went down. So he like lifted up and saw, okay, like maybe half of this mountain is, is drying up. So I can tell that the water's going down, but like down below on the, you know, ground level is that was still watery that that was just my first go-to um answer to your question but I, I like mike's it's it's more um you know it paints no one more in like a in a godly sense knowing that he has to wait for god's command to to leave the ark and it does say though it does so noah lifted back the covering boat and saw that the surface of the ground was it says drying mm -hmm. not dry um, it's not until it says two more months went by and at last the earth was dry. Then, then God said to know. So he looked out and he noticed it was drying. It wasn't dry yet. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> dry. Is <laughs> what Yeah. <laughs> hmm. That's, I like that. So Noah gets off the boat and first thing he does is he builds an altar and uh, and performs a sacrifice to God. So I don't know, whenever I hear that word, now whenever I hear that word sacrifice, I'm just thinking there's, there's something in mind, hey, he's thinking about investing eternally, right? Um, hey, like, look, he probably doesn't, well, okay, he had a lot of animals on that boat. Um, and he's and he's going to take the ones that God provided for sacrifice, sacrifice them. He doesn't say, well, I'm going to keep those for myself. You know, he he does what they're there for. God provided them for sacrifice. He sacrifices them. So that's that just makes me think of investing, eternally, thinking about the long game, um, thinking about sacrificing these animals now in the present for the future. So I can I can just see in that moment, um, Noah was investing eternally um yeah this is kind of a side trail that i just thought of it might like it there. must be so weird for noah and his family like if they get hungry and they want meat like they're gonna have to kill some of the animals that they just spend on time with the ark i just thought that was weird like you spend all this time with the animals and then you get hungry when you're off the ark and there's no other animals around because they all got destroyed in the flood. So you're just eating them. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Like what happens if like they must've planned is uh, they must, cause if they take out, like if there's only two of each kind and they kill like the male cow and the female cow, like how's the female cow supposed to 
continue the line. Should I uh, read the last couple of verses? Yeah, I really like these last. I really All like right. these last couple of verses. Verse twenty. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of the clean or some of taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, that's really confusing. He sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of human beings, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So remember it said, like in chapter seven, we read something like, take oh, okay. with you seven pairs, male and female of each, and oh, okay. for eating and for sacrifice. So God, God had a plan for that. But then God, like God's response to this sacrifice, aroma, <laughs> I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. Even though, oh, hey, Alex, your voice started to, your voice started to raise at this good. point. Because this, this part is good. Even though, even though everything they think or imagine is bent towards evil. So, okay. Okay. So, so everything the human beings said or did was bent what was it before the flood before the god god caused this flood on the earth because because everything the human human beings thought was evil like that's why god had this flood right but then he still seems to even have the same problem because he still has human beings around, right <laughs> so i don't know i just find that kind of interesting it's like okay like he, like human beings still have this isn't. This doesn't. This doesn't solve the problem yet because you still got human beings that are bent towards doing mm -hmm. evil from childhood. What do you think about that, Alex? Because I know you uh, just kind of. I know. I thought. Oh yeah. I, I mean, going back to to ver to chapter six, um, it says the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil at that time. So, so he, he says like the human race hasn't changed. We're just, I'm kind of just starting from scratch. And then it says the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. Like, I don't know. That kind of hits me. Like if God regrets making you like <laughs> you messed up, man. Uh, but it, it's, it's really cool to see, like, I don't want to say like God's growing cause God isn't, never changing he's always the same but he kind of like just when it says never again will i curse the ground because of human beings even though they're the same as before kind of kind of shows that you know god has a plan even though um this world is messed up even though he has the power to wipe away everything to start over from scratch and make everything perfect again he has a plan and he has a purpose for everything that's going on in this world. So I think that's just cool that even though he knows that everyone is evil and our go-to reaction, even from birth is to do the evil thing. He still knows that um, well, he loves us and that uh, he has a plan for us. So I thought that was pretty cool. I, I got a question there. So like, as you like, good point, Bernsey, love the point. Uh, you said like, um, like humans, 
haven't changed or uh and they will continue to be evil so like why why do you think god decided to restart like restart if we're evil and like we're not going to change why not just continue you understand what i'm asking yeah yeah i don't know if i have an answer for that i mean i wish i had an answer um maybe i'm like my one thought would be he god did all this like knowing that he'll never do it again even from the beginning and i i think that this was just a good way to make his covenant with noah um you know he kind of it's noah's kind of like the new adam i don't like we talk about jesus being the new adam but noah's you know the head of head of the earth at this time and so god this allows god to just create a covenant not necessarily with like the whole human race at the time but um really kind of narrow in okay you're going to be starting everything again this is the covenant that i'm going to make for you like he never he never specifically made a covenant with adam but after this reset he made a covenant with noah that Mm. and from noah went to abraham abraham jacob like that all that kind of stuff so um yeah i don't i don't i wish i knew what god was thinking all the time that but that's just my uh my best guess Yeah, Nick, my mind went to the same question. Like, why would God, why would God do this? Why would God cause this flood? What was the point and the purpose? Uh, what was, what was the purpose if uh, humans are just going to continue to do evil and all this? Um, yeah, that's one of the, I don't know. That's one of those questions you don't really, it's hard to figure out an answer to. Hey, I hadn't actually thought any listeners that so. have an input, um, send us a message or something. If you got something to say on this topic. Hmm. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Um, so verse 22, just to let you know, Me I got too. that one. I got that first highlighted in my Bible. 100%. No way, really? Okay. So I'll tell you why I highlighted, you, okay. highlighted it in my Bible. Do it. And then you can. Yeah. Okay. So the verse is, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvesting, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. And I have here written beside, um, it's just God's promise of continuity. I don't, I'm trying to think of, <laughs> okay, what I highlighted that, what it exactly, I meant. but because <laughs> sometimes I think I understand things better when I highlight it at the time than when I look back at it later. Uh, but man, it's just like the seasons, the seasons are always going to continue. Um, Again, like we can, we can rely on God, but at the weird time at this, this, it's also as long as the earth remains. So it tells us, it tells me that the earth is not going to remain forever. You know, it's, it's meant to, um, it's not meant to last forever. The earth is only here for a period of time. Um, so it's not meant to last forever. That's one thing this verse tells me. Um, and the other thing though, is though, while the earth is here, um, we can count on God um, to always have um, different seasons in our life, planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Like we can count on God for um, it to always kind of change. Okay, no, Bridget, you tell it. You got to have a I'm like, like I highlighted I this. <laughs> like stuff we learn about at Heritage is you don't want to like read into the text and you don't want to 
like assume like what a verse says is like prophetic and it's going to mean something completely different than what you, what you think it means. But when I read this, um, it kind of like, it struck me like the, the whole thing I was thinking about was global warming. Like we, like it's, I don't know anyone out there who maybe thinks global warming is not true. I personally believe it's a thing and it's happening and the human race is destroying this planet. But then I read this and as long as the earth endures, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. That kind of just reassures me that even though us as humans are, you know, making, you know, winter or the cold seasons warmer, God's in control. God is way more powerful than the human races. Um, and this was just a reminder to me knowing that um, we still have to do our job. We can't just slack off on taking care of the planet because God's in control. But just reading this kind of comforted me knowing that, yes, God is sovereign and he will make sure that what is said in the Bible holds up until until the earth um, is no longer a thing. So that's my reason why I highlighted it. It kind of just goes back to um I go back to it when I, you know, need reassurance that God's in control. Guys, okay. anything else we want to add on here? Or? Yeah, what we got one one chapter left. Yeah. Um, nope. Man. Noah finally does something questionable. <laughs> <laughs> Those whole. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, go ahead. So. Well, uh, that's you know we've we like, you know Noah looks like a pretty good guy at this point, right? Hundred percent. Like if we were hey, grade oh, yeah. him right now, OG. A plus man of God, right? Um, but, you'll, but you'll find a lot of time the only the only um, man of God that didn't make a mistake is the God man himself, Jesus. And uh, we're coming up close to uh, Noah's uh, one of Noah's uh, mistakes that is at, is recorded in the Bible. Um, so we'll talk about that and how he failed um, to be a man of God. So that's. That's going to be in chapter nine. And I think that's going to be our last. Um, that's going to be our last chapter. Unless, there, unless chapter we want to get into the descendants um, of the sun, which is pretty, uh, pretty dry. The table of nations, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How to do that. <laughs> Mention anything about the black rights movement going on right now. Just, you know, how, like where the Jivu boys stand on that or something like that. Hmm. It's up to you. Um, what would you say? I'm just a special guest on this. I, I think, but like, I would say, um, you know, that we're totally against racism. It's, it goes against everything that the Bible you know, says we're all, all humans are made in the image of God and that, um, you know, but then like you, yeah, we can touch on like the riots and stuff and maybe how we don't really agree with what they're doing. We understand why they're doing it, but, um, yeah, we're just that the Jeevee boys are solely against racism and that kind of stuff. I don't know if you wanted to touch on that or not. I just thought I'd bring it up. Well, we can touch on like right now, like, I mean, uh, chapter 10, 
in Genesis, you just talked like um, the descendants of Noah, his sons. Like we're all one, we're all one human family. Like we believe the Jivu boys believe that Noah's flood, like that was even you know, like an, uh, the Earth um, when looks like a catastrophic, a big flood has happened before. So we believe that this this flood event took place. It's part of our human history, and uh, Noah um, is kind of like that um, that father of the human race. And from Noah came um, all the different um, races of um, humans that we know them. Mm-hmm. So we're all we're all one big human family, really. Um, so yeah, there's really no. I mean. You're not really that far. Someone might look a little different from you, but you're really not. Um, you're really not that different from them. They're still. They're still made in the image of God, and I don't know how. Uh, when you believe people are made in the image of God, that you can look at them in that kind of way. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, definitely heartbreaking to see like the the pain and the passion that they're dealing with. So, my heart certainly goes out to the. To people of color because like what once you think about it like segregation was only what 50 years ago the 60s they're still segregated in the states so mm. and i know in canada like aboriginals the last residential school was in the 90s mm-hmm. that's even more recent than segregation so and you go to any re- any uh, re- uh reserve reserve and man they're living they're not even living third world they're living in like a failed state like Syria level mm-hmm. no water uh, not appropriate shelter little electricity so um, that's definitely a prayer of mine that uh, we'd begin to, to treat everyone as brothers and sisters and and yeah as you said I think great point everyone comes from Noah chapter 10 so 